0: Welcome to Note to Scene, a weekly podcast that discusses all your favorite music and news in the scene. So this week, we're doing things a little bit differently. I have another guest on. Uh, this is my first time in quite a while having a guest on the show. It's my friend Brandy. She was on the show earlier this year to unpack the beginning of Haley Williams' solo rollout. And this week, we are going to unpack Amir's new album and kind of the s- sociological societal impact and you know the spectrum of right and wrong surrounding the band's vocalist Frankie Palmieri so but first off the reason we're doing this episode is because Amir just dropped a new album it's called Hindsight came out last Friday on Sharp Tone Um, we're gonna get it in the first week sales in a little bit but first off I just want to hear your thoughts Brandy on Amir's new album did you like it do you hate it what are your thoughts
1: Oh, uh, well, hello, it is good to be back on. Um, I actually really enjoyed it. Excellent, uh, I'm I glad. I did, I liked it a lot. It's kind of a, like a quick listen. It moves really well. I really liked the momentum, song to song. I thought it was really coherent and really consistent. Um, definitely had it on repeat for a while. So overall, I actually really liked it. And honestly, I was prepared to not So (laughs) Uh, so, I was kind um, of
0: going in expecting a little bit more critique out of it. So that's dope. I, I really appreciate what, you know, Frankie did with the band after every member left him back in 2016, or Mm -hmm. maybe that was the very, very tail end of 2016 into 2017. I can't even remember at this point, but I remember the night that, that, that lamb broke that news where his whole band left him. Um, And I thought Amir was just over at that point. And lo and behold, he pulled in uh, ex-members of Glass Cloud, Tony Tap Dance Extravaganza, and they completely revitalized the sound of this band. The production mm-hmm. quality, these riffs are absolutely ridiculous. There's a lot of like drum and bass elements. The the, the the songs just sound so massive in and of itself. And Frankie has somehow, you know, over the course of 15 years now, really grown as a vocalist. He's still got that... Uh, Yeah. Signature fry Frankie scream that uh, Amir fans have grown to love since day one. Mm -hmm. But he's also got uh, he's got range on this album and it's really cool. And there's some like ridiculous rapping on this album that kind of fits in and um, (laughs) lyrically and how we're going to tie this into the conversation that this, this episode will evolve into is very interesting on this album because you have... This split kind of imagery on the record where Frankie is either disgusted in himself or basically like portraying himself as a god to the scene. And a yep. couple episodes uh, ago, he I talked about the single that they released called I've Seen God. And yep. in the title scene is spelled S-C-E-N-E, talking about the scene itself. And he name drops all these bands like Knocked Loose and Straight from the Past, Stick to Your Guns, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. And he basically says that they are his sons, you know, he has led the wave for, for that whole sector of heavy music in the scene. And to an extent, I agree with some of what he's saying, you know, I don't. Would there be a knocked loose if there wasn't for Amir? I don't know. I guess that's a different conversation for a different time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it is, it, it's interesting to think about it that way. But on the other half of the album, you have him basically tearing down himself. And, you know, some of the lyrics on there's a song on there called, I believe it's Gypsy Disco, where mm-hmm. he literally says, Please, God, kill me now like yep. that like he's literally saying that he wants to die and that's where the whole album just goes back and forth from so you have this very narcissistic quality where he sees himself as a god to the scene and then the other side of everything on the complete other side of the spectrum he wants to die so it it's a, honestly a very wild ride and it, it it is a lot to take in when you break it down that way but overall like sonically of the record i think it's very well put together i think the the Production, like I said, is just top tier and and they, they're really firing on all cylinders and it's super, super disappointing at this point because of everything that went on with the pandemic and I heard back from their team after I had reached out that they're not going to be releasing physical copies of the album until July 24th, mm-hmm. which really, really just screws their entire first week because now they're relying fully on streams. And, I mean, as I've talked about on the show this whole year, ever since it came back, I mean, scene bands just can't stream. And yeah. if you look at Amir, they have like 300,000 monthly listeners on Spotify, and it's it's just they're very, very low-tier streaming. Um, which is a super shame because I think this is one of the best Amir records, if not the best one that they've ever written, but it's going to do under like a hundred thousand. Maybe it'll get close to 2000 first week, but without any physical copies, scene bands just can't survive. So beyond the album itself, I'm glad that we agree that the album <laughs> sonically is, it's is good. It's really You're
1: good. You're ready to fight. <laughs>
0: i'm not ready to fight i just want to i want to have i enjoy having these dialogues and people that's why i was so glad when you reached out and you were like you need to have a woman on this show and i I, you're absolutely right like there is so much of frankie's past that should be unpacked with you know a different take on things you know because i even i didn't even review the the Haley williams album after i stopped having guests on the show because i just don't have enough time to edit everything because yeah. i don't feel like i you know as a white male like my take doesn't matter on mm-hmm. any of that you know it, it really doesn't matter i tend to i focus on the commercialization of things anyways and that wasn't the point of any of that
1: right so that- that is one of the many reasons why I love you, Tyler. <laughs> keep keep doing and not doing what you're doing and not doing. <laughs> I really
0: appreciate that because I have tried to grow a lot over the years and uh, still learning every day. But that's the whole point of these discussions. Like I want to learn. I want to yep. hear other takes. So Frankie has a very checkered past of being offensive and bringing shock value to the table for the Mm -hmm. sake of getting people's attention. We've seen this in so many other avenues, just in music in general. I mean, you can tie it back to Eminem. Like, that was the whole point of Eminem, was to be as offensive as possible. Like, he was supposed to offend you. Mm -hmm. And to an extent, he kind of still is, but he even apologized for some things in recent years. So it's kind of like everyone is kind of coming around and being like, okay, that was stupid. Sorry I did that. Mm-hmm. can we move on now but yeah. it so what i want to do with frankie is dive into the the main controversies over his past and it was emir's lyrics
1: he mm-hmm. launched
0: a incredibly offensive merch line called cold soul i believe yeah. it was in the early 2010s and then he also released some pretty offensive merch uh on emir's last album cycle and then unpacking the right and wrong spectrum like does Mm -hmm. a right and wrong spectrum exist should frankie receive some sort of punishment for what he did in the past and if so can a road to redemption exist how can he get there he apologized earlier this year for his lyrics, and he kind of you know dialed it back the day after that, saying that he it wasn't an apology. He just rejects what he wrote back then. So first off, let's unpack some of Amir's lyrics back in the day because there is a song. I think the first one that every the first song the first Amir song that everyone comes to mind is "Drug Dealer Friend," and that is yeah. off their. I believe it was their third or fourth album, "Speaker of the Dead."
1: Yes. And yeah.
0: I remember buying this CD <laughs> the day it came out. <laughs> and I, at this point, I don't know if I was just I mean, I was 110% naive as hell. Um I was gosh, 16 maybe, 16 or 17. Um, and I remember reading the lyric booklet because that was my favorite thing to do was buy CDs and just read the liner notes. And I got, I saw this song and it only had four lines. And I even remember (laughs) reading them in high school being like, holy shit, like what, what the hell is this? Yes. So I'll just, I'll just read them. There's, it's got four lines to Drug Dealer Friend. I always feel weird reading, like, sketchy shit on the show because I don't want anyone to ever take it out of context. Like a sound <laughs> Yeah, bite, yeah. everybody
1: but... <laughs> has this voice clip of you now, Tyler. Sherman. I
0: know, I know. I hate that. I hate that. So don't come at me. Context, everyone. But So the lyrics to Drug Dealer Friend are, I want to watch you suck his dick. I know you fucking love it, bitch. Do you see me now? Look into my fucking eyes. I don't the even end. know <laughs> how to... <laughs> If we should even, like, if there is even a way to unpack that, I mean, it's just, it's, it's disgusting, you know, like, even I saw it back then in high school, right?
1: So, I think uh, the way to go to unpack this, which kind of leads into some of the other stuff, is that, you know, allegedly, which um, this has been reported on before, and I think Frankie has said this um, on his Twitter before, he has been adamant that this isn't actually about a woman, Mm-hmm. you know has said that it's about addiction it's about like kind of how low a person can get when they're like swimming in addiction. Right. Um and so <laughs> in terms of unpacking it that's that's kind of the the context the alleged context and <laughs> ends, <laughs> ends there. Um but it obviously that's what the connotation is right and sure. um, this kind of goes into what we've seen Frankie do multiple times, which is I'm just expressing myself in this shocking way. If you take it this wrong way, that's on you. Sure. Um, Which has kind of been his, the way he's played it this whole time with, with all of the controversial, um, anythings. Uh, so I think that that's just More so what we're seeing here like he's saying, okay, the song is about this But if you take it over there and do that with it, then that's not my problem
0: So do you see that as an excuse or do you buy it?
1: You know, I I go back and forth on it to be honest with you because I think especially now when we see like you mentioned Eminem kind of coming out and um, denouncing some things uh, I think the point is your intention with a message really doesn't matter uh it matters on how it's received um Mm -hmm. and so but as you know we get more into like the streaming world we've been here for a while now but Amir like predated um the instant reactions of social media right so I think now um some of those instant reactions and some of those uh receptions are put in his face and every artist's face now Mm -hmm. so it's kind of easier to be like oh I actually didn't realize that it was taken like this far, you know, like I'm sure he had an idea as with all the other controversies that we'll get into, but it's kind of easy for him and other artists who are controversial to say, to really get a good look at it now about how, how people are taking it. You know, if you know, for instance, a white supremacist is going to run with stuff that you say now it's in front of you. Mhm. Uh, And that really wasn't always the case with Amir, obviously, with uh, the Speaker of the Dead album and what's the other one? The Felony album, which is another good one. (laughs) Right, exactly.
0: uh... I mean, Amir, like it was from the beginning, like Mm Amir was fairly offensive and it was just in that beat down genre where it's supposed to be angry, you know, like it's supposed to be pissed off. But yeah, I mean, some of these lyrics are absolutely disgusting. And he... You know, admitted that earlier this year when he released this big kind of thread of tweeted apologies. And I thought that the tweet thread was interesting because I don't think he was planning. I feel like when people do a tweet thread, they're not necessarily planning to say everything. They're just kind of going off the cuff. Mm -hmm. So I think he was seeing some of the responses and then feeding into what he was going to say next. And there's just, there's a lot to unpack with that there. But he, so he denounced every lyric essentially, that he had ever wrote before. He rejected it. Then he came out the next day and said, I'm not apologizing for it. I don't, (laughs) you know, I'm not apologizing for anything that I've written. But, you know, he came out and he said that that was uh, a very different time in his life. And he was feeding into that cesspool of negativity that he spewed into a microphone on stage. And I I I struggle back and forth with his statement there and statements that are like that where it's kind of painting themselves as the victim, you know, like, uh, is Frankie Palmieri the victim here?
1: No, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know, whether or not he's gone through things in his personal life in which he's an actual victim, you know, sure, that that very well could be the case. But I think what we see a lot from him is kind of denouncing the responsibility of the weight that his lyrics hold and again it's kind of he has this attitude of you know however they're received they're received that's not my problem I'm just expressing myself and you know we just see that he kind of absolves himself from all responsibility and that is really where the um, where the big critique is for me Mm -hmm. I mean we saw that a lot especially um, with the bring a gun to school stuff you know, that was really when he got called out for a lot of that. Um, And he just, I I mean, I looked up, there was this one, he did this one interview with the Houston Press in 2017. And the journalist just posted a transcript of it, which was pretty smart. (laughs) I think, Um, And he's talking about the Bring a Gun to School song. And, you know, the journalist is like, well, how do you, you know, how do you, what would you say to those who criticize you? And Frankie was like, I don't give a fuck. If people would stop bringing it up, it wouldn't be a problem. Um, I I have no reason to defend it. You know, even if he denounces it now or, you know, kind of walks back some of the lyrics without apologizing at the same time, he's still skirting responsibility. Sure. Which is the bigger, the bigger thing here, the bigger
0: issue for sure, so yeah. but I think, I think the biggest thing that we get into nowadays is can there be a road to redemption, like obviously there there is some sort of well, I guess first off, do you agree that there's some sort of spectrum of right or wrong?
1: Yeah, I 100%. I don't think that really any... I don't like to broad brush things uh, and, and you know, painting things as black and white mm-hmm. can get pretty dangerous. I think everybody has a line, a couple things like pedophilia, that's, that's going to be a no. Right. Know, that's going to be a no. Uh, and different things that are definitely hard no's. Um, but for the most part things are on a spectrum I think Um, right
0: I, I agree I think I just personally believe that like blanket statements are super super dangerous and like everything needs context you know like there's there's things to unpack about every situation so you know, it's 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 interesting because a lot of the time, unfortunately, in the scene, we have to talk about some sort of sexual misconduct allegations mm-hmm. against these people when we're talking about these situations like this. As far as I know, and even from what I've heard behind the scenes, just being in the industry for, for quite a few years, I have never heard anything that has to deal with any type of sexual misconduct against Frankie. Yeah. So we are strictly talking these... He's out here publicly making these you know it, kind of ridiculous outrageous shock value statements through lyrics and through mm-hmm. you know his, his clothing line so in the, in the early 2010s he launched a clothing line called Cold Soul I mentioned it on the show a couple weeks ago I yeah. think the first shirt that he released on it was a screenshot of the Columbi- Columbine shooting and on the back it said shoot first ask questions last yeah um he released quite a few shirts where it was there was one that just said i am a national threat there's Mm -hmm. another one with you know someone who has a gun to their head and then it just says just do it with an upside down nike logo Mm -hmm. and for their last album they released a Mm -hmm. shirt with a, a woman on it and in sunlight or in it was glow in the dark or in some sort of light it would show domestic abuse you know signs of domestic abuse on her face and then in yep. other light it would take it off yeah so he has continually done these things you know to bring attention to whatever I'm not exactly sure his intention behind most of it (laughs) you know he hasn't really given context like he has the drug dealer friend song for a lot of it um but I also thought it was interesting that he didn't apologize for any of his clothing line you know like he apologized directly just for his lyrics and I know that he did come out back in the day by taking the store down And taking all those shirts down and giving some sort of apology back in the day. But, so there is a spectrum of right and wrong. Frankie hasn't, you know, as far as uh, we know, and this is just because the scene is in the horrible fucking state that it's in has not been accused of any sexual misconduct
1: mm-hmm. in any
0: way which is usually the spectrum that we're dealing on so this is something that's a little different you know like we talk about offensive yeah. merch from back in the day from metalcore bands and how it really just ran rampant and you asked me when we were texting if there was anyone that we could kind of compare <laughs> Frankie to in a way that hasn't been accused of anything sexual misconduct wise but has been gone full throttle at the shock value and done very like offensive, ridiculous things as far right. as through lyrics or merch. And I mentioned Danny Warsnop it's not a mirror they don't land side by side The you know the old asking alexandria shirts are, mm-hmm. were had you know get on your knees bitch shit like that which was absolutely ridiculous not the american average and you know they've never apologized for any of that as far as i know they don't play them anymore but as far as i understand it's because they don't want to sound like that anymore <laughs> Yeah. That was that was my understanding of why they kicked all of that out of the playlist or out of their set list. It's because they just want to be a rock band now. I haven't heard any like any sort of apology or rejection of any of those lyrics, so it's not it's not cut and dry. But I really couldn't find or think of someone who who is the same is in the same situation as Frankie in 2020 when it comes to this you know kind of spectrum thing. So right. I guess the next thing I want to talk about is. Can there be a road to redemption here? And how do you get there, if there can
1: be? Well, I mean, I want to I tie some things together. Just because, yeah. um, you know, in February, right, this is when Frankie went on that big, long Twitter kind of... Mm-hmm. It wasn't a rant, but it was a, a dialogue. Um, but what I thought was interesting is... Uh, at the beginning of Pig's Ear, right? Which was released... It was one of the singles, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, um,
0: that came out last year, actually. It yeah. was A long time ago.
1: Which is interesting. I think it came out... Um, like, was it... It was late last year, though, oh, right? Oh,
0: yeah. It was, like, December or late November. I think it was December.
1: Yes. So, it was very late last year. And then February is when all of this came out on Twitter. Mm-hmm. But the beginning of Pig's Ear is, like, a snippet of a CNN report um, about... <laughs> about the Sikh temple shooter. Um, And that was August 5th, 2012. And August 6th is when he shut down the clothing line. Um, And so that was all tied together. So obviously, you know, he's hearkening back to that. And he released that, you know, before he said all of this stuff on Twitter, which Mm -hmm. I thought was really interesting. And again, in his statement, when he shut down the clothing line, He said, uh, we live in a society that is constantly shoving our face in uh, the harsh realities we live in through mass media. Um, We cringe from the thought of real life catastrophes, but we'll spend hard-earned money to watch these things reenacted. Um, Everyone being fine with offensive material until it actually offends is the joke, is what he said. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's part of a much longer statement. Right. Uh, but again that's he really is just doubling down here (laughs) Um, right that was obviously in 2012 um, but I love that he hearkened back to that though um, and then kind of explained maybe not directly from that but you know later on Twitter really started to talk about it but again he just doubled down on the idea of I just want to put things in front of people I just want to express myself Um, but I, it's after that it's out of my hands. So I feel like to redeem number one, I don't think he cares. So you really (laughs) don't think he cares at all in terms of redemption. Uh, I really don't. I mean, he's come out, um, and said that, you know, music criticism is bullshit. Like he's Mm -hmm. talked about stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And so I really, I truly believe that he doesn't want to be associated with the reason anybody harms another individual. I a hundred percent believe that, Mm. but I think that he, um, really is going to hold fast to this kind of artistic license that he thinks is artistic license, um, with, with some of these things. But in terms of, you know, redemption, it would really be, um, revisiting this and saying, no, um, the actual lyrics like I understand how people can receive them different even just saying that he understands the responsibility he has would be a really cool start I mean you see on the other end of the spectrum um you know Haley Williams talking about misery business and straight up not playing it anymore right uh, or at least for a while you know I don't know if um something that extreme would be the case here I don't think it would ever happen right it for me just even him saying okay i understand how i have played a part in this and not just a sorry not sorry which is what we've seen from him the whole time
0: definitely and that that was a lot of you know what i took away from the from the statement too and it's it's difficult but i think you know there There is something to be said about the struggle of wanting to do right and and not running wanting to do wrong and wanting to be on the right side of history but also just wanting to enjoy music for the sense of escapism Mm -hmm. you know like where do people should people draw the line like it's i don't even think that the people like frankie wasn't even getting called out in 2020 you know like that was the other side of the statement where it's like yeah he's doing it in a tweet thread so he really is just riffing and he's basing it off people's replies and that's how he's continuing his statement but he didn't have to do it like people weren't calling for the cancelization of frankie palmieri you know it was really on the same lines as just anyone else who based their career off of a lot of shock value and saying offensive things you know like it, it it's just kind of you can end up in that lane where it's just like, okay, like, yeah, he's just like the old guy yelling at the sky kind of thing. Like, that's what we expect from you. Like, we expect this at this point. That's I I see it a lot when Eminem still drops new music, and somehow, you know, (laughs) still manages to offend a lot of people.
1: (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Well, and at the same time, you know, just to devil's advocate, of course, he has a point in that everybody is responsible for themselves, of course, you know, and you can 100% listen to Emir and be totally fine. You know, like if I sat here and pretended that R2 Deep Throat wasn't on like a couple of my playlists, I would be (laughs) like a hypocrite, you know. So that that exists, of course. However, um, you know, you also, Frankie um, went pretty far in terms of talking about, uh, what did he say, like people with uh, like a normal psyche, this is why they don't listen to metal music or something like that. Uh And so that was a whole other interesting like wormhole that he kind of went down about mental health and listening to metal music. And uh, it was interesting that he went down that path and then again doubled down on, but it's not my responsibility. (laughs) So Yeah, I don't know. It's like he acknowledged it, but he didn't acknowledge it enough, especially if this was just coming from him and from, I I do believe a genuinely good place, but it's like, I don't know. What, what was he trying to accomplish even though?
0: I think, yeah. I mean, if you want to just break down the, the psyche from an outside perspective, I don't, I don't know Frankie, never been friends with him. I think I've only met him like once or twice. I'm not close with him in any way, but it really seems like even just listening to this album and it's like, you know, you, you, to tie it back into hip hop, you know, you see these new rappers come out like through the SoundCloud era, like Lil Peep and, xxx and juice Mm -hmm. world and Mm that like listen to one of their songs like you could tell these kids are struggling with something yeah you know like there's there's some sort of mental struggle going on inside their heads and just listen to this emir album like there is some Mm -hmm. uh, you know not wanting to put labels on it or anything but it's it's very bipolar in nature like each song bounces back and forth between this tug of war between I'm putting myself on this pedestal. I did all this shit Also, I think I deserve to die, you know, like tying it back into that pig's ear song Like the lyrics are literally Mm -hmm. I am failure personified. I know the reason I'm alive It's the perfect example of what not to do with your life.
1: Yeah, Uh, even Like I've seen I kind of look at this album too as a pretty decent Continuation of look at yourself the last one. Uh Um, just because that was a lot of the, um, like the themes in that album too. And I'm thinking specifically of flag the beast because, you know, in that album, he literally says, I am your fucking savior. I am the fucking antichrist. So it's, you know, we've seen this, you know, um, repeatedly now. And I think, and to his credit too, it should be noted, you know, that for the last two albums, you, you don't see the, like those tropes, from before, like a lot of the misogyny and um, some of those other things. Mm-hmm. Aside from that uh, T-shirt design, <laughs> right, uh, right, exactly. which which he also doubled down again and maintained that it doesn't depict a battered woman and it's supposed to pick to depict somebody on drugs. Sure. Uh, sure. So just for the record, that's what he said there. Um, but that's again the same. Story we got for the drug dealer friend lyrics. So, right. Uh, right. Yeah, I don't know. I, this is why I go back and forth on him a lot. I do think that his intentions are genuine. The question is how much does that matter?
0: Yeah. And I think that's really up to the listener to decide. And that's why mm-hmm. it creates, I go back again to this, this tug of war in yourself as just a fan. Like we listened to music and we got into this world of music because you know it was something else it was something different it, it was something separate from whatever you know i don't i don't want to call it like a counterculture movement but it was mm. it was something that was separate from you know your mainstream people if you didn't associate with you know what was being played on the radio etc cetera, etc cetera, like this was a separate world where people felt welcomed and it's such a shame that it became a place of so much that created so much pain uh, with so many people and bands being complete shitheads but uh, you know like it creates such a tug of war in a listener or in a fan nowadays, realizing and learning like myself, what is right and what is wrong. And should Mm -hmm. you support this? Should you co-sign this? Should you, you know, should you denounce this? Should like, what should you do? You know, like obviously the Norma Jean, Norma Jean is one of my favorite bands of all time. Their vocalist, Mm -hmm. Corey Brandon has said some, you know, very uh, left-leaning things online and he has been fairly outspoken of that throughout his entire career but he obviously completely crossed the line about a month or two ago um, yeah. where he posted a gif of that played off of the Black Lives Matter movement and instead of Black Lives Matter it just said blah blah blah. He, he claimed that he didn't know that It was connected to that in any way, which, you know, Uh, I don't believe personally. But, uh, you know, Norma Jean is one of my favorite bands of all time. Do I should stop listening to Norma Jean? Like, you know, that that's that tug of war of what it comes down to. Like, and that that's ultimately up for the listener to decide. But it is it it comes down to this, you know, internal struggle of I want to do I want to do right. And I want to be (laughs) all I want to do is be a good person. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. now, you know, these things that I used as escapism are kind of being stripped away because the people that created them are very shitty or right. have done shitty things. So that's where I go back to the road to redemption. Is there a way for and that's a whole different conversation, but is there a way for Corey Brandon to to, to come back and find it and and obviously Norma Jean is very small and even Amir is very, very small band at this point, but we're talking about these things inside of our own brains and you know, these bands have had an impact on us. You know, and then they, they they come out and then it turns out that oh well, we can't listen to them anymore. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. it then it feels very selfish on you as a fan, and then you feel even shittier because it's just like it's just fucking music. Find something else to listen to.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, the same. You know, and that's when you get into separating art from the artist and right. cancel culture and and everything else, and and it's just something that us, especially in this scene, have to deal with. It feels like every day, um, literally. But I, I did like, um, Frankie does do a podcast occasionally, uh, but he, in a recent episode, like, you know, he takes fan questions, things like that. And he said, uh, person's past doesn't dictate their future, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, something that he said. And even listening to him, uh, in some of the interviews, like he's done just this year, even in this album cycle, he, he does seem very, um, a lot more like level than I feel like I've seen him in interviews in the past and a lot more cognizant. And uh, I really think this is just kind of like a time will tell thing, you know yeah. what i like? Mean? Like if it backpedals more or if, you know, he pops off like in a month or two, well then everything will be negated. But I think if it just kind of stays the course um, and we don't see any of that from him ever again, then yeah, like I can – Hundred percent, just absolve all of the other things personally. But I think again, that's where it just gets into the the listener for sure. Right?
0: Exactly. Yeah. It just comes down to that personal struggle, and that's what makes it so difficult. I, I, sometimes I'm just like, "Tell me what to do." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just I like I just want to do the right thing. <laughs> yeah. Frankie, I genuinely hope you're in a better place and you continue to, just like myself and hopefully everyone else, continue to learn on a daily basis and become better people through all this because that's, that's honestly what, um, that's that's the best thing that can come out of situations like this is just mm-hmm. education station. <laughs> yes. we,
1: we are all a work in progress, so that's that's how we gotta look at it, I suppose.
0: Exactly. Well, all right, Brandy, thank you so much for coming on. I was, it was so good to unpack this. I have this conversation with Rabob at least once a week.
1: <laughs> yes, <laughs> I'm sure you do.
0: <laughs> and uh, it's, it's so good to have, you know, these conversations and hopefully it helps some other people, you know, get to where they're going, even if.
1: Yeah, or know. at least commiserate with the struggle. Exactly, And it's exactly. at the same time. Exactly,
0: yeah. there's some sort of struggle here that that we're all going through at the same time but Mm -hmm. thank you everyone so much for listening brandy thank you so much for coming on if you have a request for a deep dive on the show email me at notetoscene at gmail.com you can follow the show on facebook instagram and twitter until next week stay safe and i'll talk to you soon